0: All right, uh, hello and welcome to yet another El podcast episode. And today we are talking about soulmate training. About soulmate training that has inspired us and inspired Dike. And I would like to get to know what it is, what it isn't, why, why we're supposed to be there and uh, what do we gain from attending such a training from a normal day's perspective. So
1: basically... Today we'll be talking about what happens in a couple's Tantra retreat.
0: Ooh. Okay, love. So then let's start from first things first. And so do we exchange partners in the Tantra retreats, in, in couples Tantra retreats? Is that how it goes?
1: That is a very Good question. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. (laughs) And we do not exchange partners in the soulmate training in the uh, couples Tantra retreat. Why is that? Because specifically this training is designed for couples, for really helping you grow uh, in love together, rise in love and do practices with your partner. So your couple in itself becomes much stronger and creates a really beautiful foundation for the relationship, but also both of you individually to grow. So specifically the soulmate training, there is no exchange of partners and it's specifically designed to do the practices with your couple and to, yeah, help help each other grow and be each other's mirror. And by not, I believe, by not exchanging partners, you don't bring a lot of... um I don't even know how to say that, but a lot of I don't have any words for it.
0: So, is polyamory bad?
1: <laughs> no, but <laughs> it it requires it creates a whole different experience, and it brings up whole different kind of triggers and um, different learnings. And I believe mm. this specific training is designed to to work in a very different way to create such a a sense of safety um, with your partner. Mm-hmm that you can fully surrender and enter different depths uh, yeah. with with this person instead of having multiple experience with different per- persons, which gives a different, completely different learning, completely different experience. And that is not what the soulmate training specifically is about.
0: So what inspired you specifically to be attending, um, interested, following, organizing um, soulmate training? What it is there for you?
1: Well, initially what came to mind is you. Yeah. <gasps> Who? Me? <laughs> you. Uh, because you were the one that asked me and invited me to do this training with you. I'd mm. never heard of the soulmate training. I never thought of attending a couple's Tantra retreat in the sense of Tantra as something I've been familiar with for the years before I met you and worked with in different shapes and forms, just never with a committed partner and never in like a full-on week-long dedicated training and so when you asked me I think we were dating for about five or six weeks and I thought it was crazy um also I still had a lot of I would say misconceptions and beliefs around like soulmates and I was like wow that's sounds like a a big thing if I'm doing a soulmate training with someone does that Mm -hmm. mean he is my soulmate do I now fully like trust him in that and fully lean into the relationship while I was still in this phase of like, I don't know, like, who are you? I do really like you and I, I feel everything in, in my being wants to be close, but it was scary. And so then asking to commit to training and invest in it, which um, at that time was also a lot of money. I, I didn't have the financial, mm-hmm. financial, so I would have to um, get half borrowed from a friend. And it was like, whoa, that's like, some big steps to Mm -hmm. like lean in and trust a guy that I've been seeing for five weeks. So it was an interesting process, but I'm super happy that I, I did it because it, I believe it really, it changed me in many ways. It changed us. And it, what I am the most grateful for is I feel it created the most powerful and loving foundation for, our relationship. And we created this foundation on which we could build in, in, yeah. Yeah,
0: because we did it at the very beginning, it was like six weeks, um, I believe, of the beginning of our relationship. We, you know, some people actually do attend the soulmate training without even ever having any kind of intimacy, whether it's kissing, you know, or holding hands or even, you know, or or making love or, or even anything. So we did have intimacy before, we did have, um, you know, connected uh, for, for, you know, long periods of time, but then this step felt like another, almost like, you know, getting married, but on a smaller scale. It's like, okay, we're committing for something. But um, yeah, I I remember we discussed it many, many times that... uh, we feel, or at least I personally feel, that commitment is probably the biggest um, thing that we're missing in in everyday relationships. Yeah. That um, it's not so much of love, it's not so much of uh, you know needing to show up in one way or another, other than commitment, and that we're actually lacking in this in this society, the way we have built relationships, the way we perceive relationships could be, and. You know, because we always have this idea of, of uh, well, there might be another or better one that comes and I will then, um, you know, give my, myself, keep myself open for that opportunity, so... You know, maybe this is the girl, but maybe, maybe there's gonna be a more pretty one, or more, you know, smart one, or whatever. More, and this maybe this guy is nice, but maybe there's a stronger one. Maybe there's a more macho one, or maybe there's less macho one. Like whatever it is, your uh, your perspective, but you kind of see that. And as you talked, I think in in previous podcasts, it's like I really love when we just trust and commit. And that is, for me, that's magic uh, that we, it is right in front of our eyes, but we don't see it because you need to commit to see it. You don't, you're not able to, uh, to actually learn this, this lesson because you haven't committed if you don't commit. I I think I heard this first time, like a very clear, um, clearly when um, Brett, weinstein weinstein and uh, heather um Hayes they were discussing in their podcast about commitment and and one of them was sharing that well just try just if you want to if you don't know if you should have a relationship or not just fully commit and try and then you'll see what kind of gifts you get from it and i was like yeah yeah whatever it's just mm-hmm. people who are married and talk like that <laughs> <laughs> it's like they all want to you know Su- b- subscribe us to their, oh. <laughs> their thing. <laughs>
1: their way of being. <laughs> yeah, it's all that
0: there is. But it's really fascinating, like that commitment in the moment yeah. of, of Soulmate.
1: Well, I, I, that's, it, it really had to do with that. It's like also the thought, if I wouldn't have done it, like it feels, it would have felt like, okay, not doing this training, but maybe in a few months. But the chance is here now. If there's something here right in front of your nose that is asking you to lean in to commit to something, like why not do it? What would be the reason not to do it? Which would basically always be some sort of fear, Mm -hmm. some sort of judgment, some sort of like contraction. And Mm -hmm. so to me, it was really like, okay, it sounds exciting. It sounds like something new, something I don't know. It sounds like the unknown, but it sounds like something I definitely want to do at some point in my life. So why Mm -hmm. not do it now when I have someone that asks me to do it with him. Like I literally have an amazing man that wants to do a Tantra training with me, a couple's Tantra training. I think often it's it's the other way around, women trying to get their men into it. So true, it true. was I don't know in, in many, many ways very special. And that commitment and that just like fully going into the experience just for the sake of the experience, that's something that has always helped me in my life, especially over the past few years. If there's something I've learned, it's like just try it out. Like, what do you really got to lose? And I think that's eventually what I ended up leaning into, mm-hmm. even though there were so many fears and so many like reasons not to. But I was like, well, but there was this little feeling, you know, and this excitement, this playfulness, this this aliveness that wanted to go into that decision of let's just do it and see.
0: Was it the first time that you've uh, done anything Tantra or have you had experience before? What was your experience?
1: This is the first time I did like an official Tantra retreat training, like a fully dedicated week of something. Mm-hmm. Like I've read books, I've done like a workshop, but and also I think it was the first time I really did it with someone that has loads and loads and loads of experience. Like Sarita, for example, mm-hmm. she has like 30 years of experience, a teacher that has been doing this for so long. Like the workshops that I did was with people that... Um, yeah, we're also still quite young. So they've had their own experience. They were steps ahead of me. But I think Sarita has like times a hundred experience when mm-hmm. it comes to this. So it was the first time, really, the first kind of
0: actual tantric retreat. Do you think it's a good um, way to start tantra journey for a person to like jump into, uh, or for a couple, you could say, to jump into a couple training if they've never done anything uh,
1: I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I totally believe so. Because it's also, yeah, one of the questions that we got, it's like how to get started with mm-hmm. Tantra, you know? It's like we're really interested, but it's overwhelming. And i imagining that if you research, there's a lot to be found and things to be offered. Um, but sometimes we, we often think we need a lot of wisdom or experience for something. We really tend to think a lot that we're not ready for something, that we're not good enough, that we need... Ex- y and z before we can do this Mm -hmm. and really it's like almost never the case and i think it's the same for tantra um and specifically the soulmate training also now knowing how it's designed and and what level one is about it really doesn't matter if you have tantric experience yes or no or experience with tantra like a Mm -hmm. part of me is like what does that even mean Uh, because it could mean so many different
0: things there's yeah it depends on what what people have, what kind of judgments they have around Tantra.
1: Yeah. But I, yeah, I do believe, I didn't have any experience. What you need is an, an open mind and just curiosity and, and this sense of like, we're going on an adventure, let's try it out and let's be open to learn something new and be students. And then you're ready to learn and then you'll get some magical things out of, out of the work. And specifically the soulmate training we see, like we can now talk from experience, Mm -hmm. like, because we get this question also a lot like, hey, we're beginners, or we get the question, hey, we are very advanced, we have a lot of experience, is this is training for us. Um, and this training is literally for any couple that feels the call and really wants to, as a couple, walk the tantric path and experience something together as a couple. Because the, the teachings, and this is what I learned all afterwards, it's like, and also because we've done level one now four times, mm-hmm. um, every single time you still get something else out of it. And I think sometimes we think we need to have more and better and more advanced and all these things, but you can come back to super simple teachings and do that over and over and over again. And you always get something new out of it. Like yeah. it's, I see it in my work too. Like if-
0: I remember there was this woman that we met on our path. Um, who was like an old um, experienced Tantrika and she was saying that once she went to a training with her partner, uh, that was a tantra training. They were still young, um, and then they were together for twenty years. They were they had kids together, and uh, they practiced all the things that they learned in that one training all the time. Yeah, and they learned so much. That was basically it's like that's her journey. That's her journey. They took this training, fully learned from it, and obviously that was probably a good good teachers collected there, and then they just applied it applied it for their everyday life for 20 years and they were together for 20 years and they they learned a lot along the way just doing the same things. And I believe it's just you know our also like lack of um, uh, lack of concentration that we have these days because there's so much newness and so much new stuff going on on the social media on the things that you swipe. And then, you know, new pictures, new colors, new this, new new app. And there's so much more coming that we perceive it at this, like, oh, this is old, like, let's get something new. And yet these um, things that have these these techniques, these teachings that have traveled for thousands of years, they have traveled for thousands of years through oral tradition already and then afterwards. And still are maintained by by schools, by teachers, you know, because they are meaningful, because they actually do go to the source of what we need to learn or what we can gain from 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 witnessing, from meditation, from love, from relationship, you know, because. Um, because that has been tested, time-tested before any kind of smartphone or computer or social media was even alive. And recently I was um, actually listening to one of Joe, rog- Joe Rogan's podcasts about how um, how new media, when it was um, emerging, whether it was newspapers or books or, or TV or... Um, or um, you know, social media, internet, all of those. Whenever the verge of 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 that happening more and more in the world was was um, in turn, then. Was when? Well, when it was happening, when okay. it started happening, yeah. then we then the world was always like, oh my god, we're gonna go insane. We're gonna, it's like people are gonna lose their attention span. They they won't be able to actually concentrate on what's real and true. And actually, the funny thing is that what's real and true is already in us. There's no, we often don't need to, um, you know, discover new thing, new video, new social media platform or new 10,000 likes, whatever it is, the truth and and the wisdom is already inside of us. And. Tantra or some other spiritual paths together with meditation, they actually just help us to uncover that. So there's no like Rasmatas in some sense. That's why uh, you are able to re- learn more from the same teachings again and again, because all they do is actually uncover the true you. Yeah. And when you are uncovered truly as a true you, then you are able to be in a relationship and actually be loved. I had this can I? Yeah.
1: Because I think what I what pops up is I feel that really, really good and powerful teachings are often the most simple ones and the ones that you can keep doing over and over and over again and always mm. basically find out a new version or a new layer of yourself. Basically, you peel off another layer. Um, so often... I believe also with Tantra, people think like, oh my God, what are the weird things we're going to do and the crazy things and the complicated things and I need this and this and this before I'm ready to that because it's mm-hmm. going to be extreme. And I, I I, feel that's a little bit of a misconception because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we learn are not that crazy. And I know that's a relative judgment. Um, but when it comes to like look like comparing it to a humanness like a lot of the teachings just help you to be more human which is actually something that is supernatural to us mm-hmm. uh, once we kind of let go of what the mind thinks of things so i believe a lot of the teachings when you try it out and explore are yeah are just a teaching or just a little exercise or just a meditation that helps you learn something new about yourself and it's not per se a super scary or extreme or crazy thing. Um,
0: So what did you learn uh, from soulmate level one?
1: Mm, So I wrote them down even my main learnings. Um, One of the most beautiful insights was learning to bow down to love itself. Mm -hmm. So love itself. What does it mean? So what it means in for me and in my own words is instead of I bow down to you because I project that you are love, like you're giving me a lot of love. So if I look back at how I used to be in connections or relationships, it's like, it's like, well, I love this person. So this person is love. This person gives me love. I receive love from this person. Mm-hmm. So it's really connected to a person. But, but what we learned was really to like really value the person and and let the person be themselves and love them. And you can receive love, but basically you're bowing down, you're committing to something that is bigger than both of you individually, which is love itself. And so letting love guide the way in your life and in your relationship. Um, And it's kind of a, a practice of surrender, of letting go of what the mind thinks or these expectations or the way I need to have it or... A way of letting go of control, but in a way where you're like, but I trust love. You learn to really trust love, which is something, yeah, something new or something, it's some, something super.
0: It's a, it sounds um, quite, you know, mysterious and a little bit, like from a, from a if I put myself in a like everyday's, everyday person's yeah. perspective, it, it sounds like, what do you mean love? Like, oh, it's that thing that, you know, spiritual people are always talking about. It's like, yeah, love is everywhere, whatever. What do you actually... Like, when you talk about love, what is your perspective? What do you mean by love? Just so... I believe... I mean, I personally have uh, read books about it. I have researched for many years, and I was very young. I was still a teenager back in the day. I was like, what is love? What do we mean by love? And... uh, I have uh, discovered that it's a, it's a, it's a such a fascinating thing that we call love. So many things that are not really love, and there and, and many philosophers have wrote, written about it and relationship, uh, you know, self-help books, uh, also writing about it. That like what we talk, what we say, that love is. You know, sometimes we hurt others and we say, "Oh, that's my love," or sometimes we. We hurt ourselves, and we say, "I love myself." And and sometimes we, um, you know, we do bad things to the world, and we say that this is out of love, and so on and so forth. And we often are hurt, and and we we actually act from hurt, but then we say all of these things about love. So, <clears throat> what is a clear like? What is a clear love, like real love, in your opinion, or what is not love, in other words?
1: It's a very deep question. I know. Well, I mean, since
0: we're touching on this <laughs> subject, you're like, thou, thou for love. Like, what does it mean?
1: It's For me, it's, it's, it's committing to what I said, something higher than your individual ego mm-hmm. uh, and your fears. It's, it, it's something I can now, it's like a feeling to me. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've gotten more and more familiar with. And it's, it's an, an openness feeling in my body. It's a relaxed feeling in my body. It's a trust, trusting feeling in my body. It's my body is open and relaxed, and and feeling oh, like it can breathe, and feeling joyous, um, but not per se through like I'm just super happy. Like I can feel love also when I'm crying or when something is is like scary, but I can still feel the like expansion. Oh, yeah, the openness in my body. But it, if it if it like would become really practical, like an example. Like if we're in some sort of discussion mm-hmm. um, and we're tr- mis- misunderstanding each other and but like I don't know why he doesn't see it my way and what the fuck is he talking about? Like how is he not getting these words that I'm clearly speaking? Why, why is it like not, ah, like that confusing feeling? And then we could get stuck in that for a long time or um, it's like, the dropping of like, okay, he, I need him to understand me and I need to understand this and we need to logically get it all figured out. The dropping of that, like the moment where you're like, okay, fuck it. like I just love this person and it actually really doesn't matter that much. And then it reminds me of that quote we often mm-hmm. use. It's like, well, do you wanna be right or do you wanna be in a relationship? That question helps me connect to love because then I can ask myself, Basically, do I want to be right and and have my own personal ego win? Or do I want to connect to love and choose the love for myself and the love for my partner and the love that's bigger than us as the option? And it's often like, okay, it's not really that important, my point of view or my standpoint or, yeah.
0: Yeah, so this this quote comes from turns Real. I studied from his books and really really enjoyed his approach and that was one of his approach he would be asking couples do you want to be right and do you want or do you want to be in a relationship and to like extrapolate on that is just that we all have different perspectives and we obviously will always have different perspectives I am always in this body and you're always in that body and you always will see this uh, you know world in a different way than me and if I'll try to push uh, my truth my uh, you know the way I see things over to you and say I want to be right Um, well and obviously I will lose the relationship because you don't see the things the same way I might make you see it for a short period of time but eventually you always having a perspective so it's it's uh, if you want connection if you want intimacy we eventually actually need to um drop the idea of always wanting to be right. And you know, is more of an agreement that today we are seeing things together in the same way, but at the same time we give the freedom for each other to be ourselves. So that's the little beautiful. What? So I
1: wanna ask you a question though.
0: Okay. <laughs> well I would like to come back to the the um, what have you learned afterwards. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um well we can continue you want to continue with that?
0: No no ask my question. I love it.
1: Well, I want to ask you, what is the soulmate training? Because here we're talking already 25 minutes about uh, a soulmate training, but we haven't really explained what it is. And so I want to ask, like, hey, mm. how did you learn about this training? And what is it all about?
0: Nice. Thanks. Um, well, I have, um, I have studied with uh, Mananda Srita for, you know, plenty of times, I think, I think since 2016. Um, so it's going to be soon eight years, no, six years, six, seven years almost. Yeah, six years. Anyway, so, and it was a journey in itself. I started from tantra massage because I really like massage in general and then learning how to move energy uh, was really, really uh, beneficial. And then I discovered this soulmate training from, from one of her, uh, teachers also that it is. Possible to do um, tantric work together in a couple, and I was somewhat reluctant at first. I was like, "Yeah, in a couple, you know, what does? It, I don't know. Probably spiritual growth can only be alone, you know." And and that it actually persists in quite a lot of people. This like idea of like, well, I don't think I can grow together with someone because that someone is always distracting me, or you know, a woman is too sexy so I can't meditate, you know, or a man is always distant so I can't be you know, also myself. So, um, yeah, so there was a little bit of resistance at first, but then then I, I started seeing how I walked through the path uh, of tantra, different kinds of meditations, different kinds of trainings. And I learned a lot about myself. And I learned a lot about meditation, about love, about um, many different things. I even tried polyamory, you know, uh, for for I would say you know successful year and and then I, I was like, well, but it's not doesn't fit me that well. Like I, I can definitely love more than one person and it's beautiful. Um, but there's you know Srita often says often talks about these love experiments that we can have, whether it is a love experiment where you see um, like the ultimate Shakti, ultimate woman, in all the women. That means then you choose to be polyamorous, you choose to love every woman in the world. Or you choose to see um, all the women in one woman. So you see basically all the Shaktis of the world, or every, every person, every woman in one woman, every character. Which is that experiment that I've done with myself. I've done both sides in... I do think that it is eventually more sustainable um, to to have a relationship on my um you know on my own with one person it is it's easier our society also supports it um and, and there's support structures um it is of course possible to have be polyamorous and be have multiple relationships and whatnot but it is i finally found myself leaning towards well how about I'll be you know energetically polyamorous um I still love everything around me but i prefer to be uh, sexually monogamous and then and then be more uh together with one person actually diving in depth and in this case, I really enjoyed and loved finding you, and so I I was searching for many years to find someone, uh, a partner who would be willing to be both romantic partner and tantric partner. What does that mean? Is that we we are lovers. We are you know we are um, enjoying a relationship in a normal way as everyone does too. But we also meditate together. So we also work on ourselves together. So we we also when some things come up, we use tools to move through those things. It's not just we just go into blaming and shaming and then being annoyed with each other and whatnot, but we actually use tools that are there, both from therapy side and from tantra side, that we can move through those things faster and then learn things about ourselves. So then what happens is, instead of me always working on myself, uh, which I did for many years, uh, in tantric meditations and therapy uh, groups and actually you know healing a lot that that's beautiful but then now I can actually do this together while in partnership and at first it might be like well that's a lot of work and and it at first might be you know because we all have our issues and and and, and stories but eventually it becomes very easy and graceful and then eventually it becomes um the the most um, kind of a fast track uh, with no distractions on your spiritual path. Because when you know the same partner for a long while and, and and you know each other in depth, then you start catching these little cues and being able to see, like, this is what's coming up. How about we do this tool and 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 we go through this and we learn something from this. So as they say, you know, Tantra... Is uh, tantra in a couple is the this the fastest path to enlightenment and yet is uh as walking on the razor's edge. Because you always need to balance yourself. You always need to um you need to balance yourself to not fall. Um and it's very easy, you know, to go into these um normal, you could say, um society societally approved blaming cycles or or anger cycles or whatever people do for each other like um
1: little resentments. like
0: yeah collecting tags of resentments on your chest you know and being being like well she did that i didn't like it oh he did that i didn't like it and then you collect that you never sort it out and then eventually even though you love each other so much you can't see you can't bear each other anymore because it's not Possible because you collected so many stickers on your chest of like I hate this, I hate that. That it's not possible. So basically, uh, so training um, is just helping us uh, to not collect those, uh, you know, painful stories and 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 to actually move through and learn and heal. Because always, whenever com- something comes in your life, whether it's your partner or or just something that's happening. It, it wants to teach you something, and 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 if your partner is being an ass in some way, maybe maybe you can learn, and and your best bet is that you can learn something from it, because if you are just like oh it's just my partner is being an ass all the time, then you have zero control over this. Like you have literally now given control to your partner and said <laughs> I am going to be your slave because whatever you do I'll react. And I'll just uh, you know if you're going to be angry, I'll be very disappointed and angry too. You know, if you will be happy, I'll be happy. But if you will be sad, then I'll be sad. Why are you sad? And it's it's like well, you're giving your life away. Instead, the invitation is to look into what can you learn from it. Can you be more present? Can you is it is it triggering you? Is there you know if my partner is sad, maybe I am becoming sad. But I can see well the sadness actually comes from my own experience the sadness actually comes from my own childhood or my own past relationships and and it it brings up things for example you know my partner is sad and i i am perceiving that this is the same way as my mother was or as my ex-partner was and and that relationship has ended and so on and so forth so there are ways to look deeper into what is going on and what i can learn from it and uh, if there's any emotion inside of me happening at any point in time in life, it's me who makes that emotion. It's, it's like, and passion, by the way, or attraction is the same. Like, um, like right, if I'm passionate or if I'm attracted to someone, it's me who's making that attraction. It's me who's making myself feel those, like, because feelings and emotions like in, in physical sense are just like a bunch of hormones spiking in one way or another. And, and if I'm feeling the oxytocin, the cuddle hormone, if I'm feeling like, oh, I want to cuddle, I want to... Do, it's, it's me, it's my body that makes the oxytocin. It's my body that makes the endorphins. It's my, it's my body that, that uh, makes the testosterone and so on and so forth. So really on a, on a clear level, understanding that and then learning from that is basically... The, the the therapeutical aspect of of soulmate training um, because the training has like two aspects in some sense you could say there is a therapeutical aspect and then there is kind of kind of a transcendental aspect where you actually meditate together and you go even further and you go um, you know deeper together and that is deeper in intimacy that is deeper in meditation deeper in understanding um, y- yourself and your body but also spiritual realm and and how how world works uh in energy system too so it's a i mean which you discover on your own it's not about it's not about us telling you a story and now you believe this because in in tantric teachings there's no uh belief systems there's no nobody is like this is 10 commandments if somebody's saying that they are tantric and they give you 10 commandments or some kind of things to believe in it's it's bullshit. There's no such thing. It's only you and your experience, as I mentioned before. It's 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 us allowing, you know, people to remove shit and actually discover who they are. And once they discover who they are, they can live more freely. And because it's very sad when you are in a relationship and you are not who you are. Uh, that means that you deep down inside you know that. My partner doesn't love me because I am not myself with my partner. So whoever my partner loves is not me. And in that sense, there's a lot of pain in that in that realization. And I believe many people in the world actually live like that. Mm-hmm. They create a personality, or maybe it's very you know connected with the real personality, but still might be personality and And they perceive that this is a good idea to to proceed this kind of a um behavior for many years, but then during many years you start realizing that you need to act in one way or another to be approved because that person actually loves someone that you pretended to be mm. and and it's it's very deeply saddening i I've talked with many people in in my life and realized how much they pretend or how much they do um something else that other than themselves. So Tantra work is, is kind of like therapeutic in in a sense because we're removing that. we're actually going to who you are and and discovering who you are nurturing, loving who you are and then and then going deeper and deeper because only when you are who you are in both partners then you can come closer together in real intimacy because mm-hmm. you're then able to see each other with all of your benefits and flaws. Uh, and and accept each other.
1: I believe that's also one of the favorite teachings we get in level one is around projections and Mm -hmm. understanding um, each other's pain bodies. So this having this this layer of protection, almost like you're wearing like 10 winter coats. And if Mm -hmm. you're trying both wearing 10 winter coats and trying to be intimate, it's going to be very difficult um, because the level one has the topic and the theme of intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we need to remove some of those winter coats, which is remove and like open up vulnerability and letting go of some past pains that most likely have nothing to do with your partner, but your partner mirrors that back. It shows, it helps you like see that coat more clearly and and then the tendency is to be like, but you are this, you are that you're making me feel that. And it's like, no, it's, it's often linked to something.
0: It's it's beautiful because we are attracted to someone who's going to trigger us the most in the best ways that we need mm-hmm. to learn to heal what we have um, found painful in our life.
1: Yeah. And, and it's partner, always the same. Yeah. And it's exactly... And that's why often we, we love someone and at the same time are so like, annoyed hey, by the oh person also. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I want to tap a little bit. You've mentioned a few times tantric meditations, mm-hmm. and I know when I'd never done this training or like a, never done a retreat with, um, tantra essence and with like the school you were teaching or had never officially done like a tantric retreat. Mm-hmm. So I was always, and you were mentioning, oh, you would do tantric meditations. And I was like, what the fuck is a <laughs> tantric meditation? You know, like, what can I expect? How does that look? So yeah. I think one of the things I would like to share is a little bit on how does a day look in a retreat? Like what practices can people expect? And for me, what was the biggest uh, eye-opening is because when we hear the word meditation, that was really confusing. When we, many of us hear the word meditation and the image comes to mind of me sitting cross-legged, my hands on my knees in some sort of weird hand position, closing my eyes and just sitting in stillness Mm -hmm. and meditating and observing my thoughts. That's how much I was taught on what meditation mean mm-hmm. means so when you were talking about active meditation and osho meditations and tantric meditations i'm like mm-hmm. is that all just you're sitting in cross-legged things and, and just what else names. <laughs> yeah and like and then sometimes you sit together and mm. like a yup yum like meditation position together and you eye gaze and you still meditate like what do you do so um, yeah so what do we, we, do? <laughs> what do we do what do we do
0: we do yeah it's it's a very good question so Meditation as an aspect is just a a way to describe witnessing. So, if I am, uh, you know, witnessing you sitting here in front of a table, in front of me by the table, that is me in some sense being in witnessing experience in a meditative experience. Um, And that means that if I really want to witness you in full, Experience in a full way. I have to clear my mind, because when I, if I would have thoughts about how you look, who you are, even your name, and da da and you know the stories that we had in the past, or maybe gonna have in the future, and what is happening now, then I'm not able to be witnessing you here and now. And so, in some sense, um, different kinds of meditations um, that you just described. Are just different tools, um, different ways to evoke that same witnessing consciousness. Uh, maybe sometimes in dance and movement. Maybe sometimes in breath work, and sometimes in uh, um, you know closed-eyed sitting. Maybe sometimes in laying down, and maybe sometimes in connection with a partner in one way or another.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it, even in connection, uh, like communication. In, yeah. Or... Yeah.
0: Even in lovemaking, you can do that. Not that we teach that in group room, uh, meaning lovemaking. It's never part of our um, group group practice in the group room. But in your own intimacy, in your own home, you can practice these things. Really witnessing and, and breathing with that. So breath is a very beautiful um, thing. Because it's both voluntary and involuntary. And so if you are just witnessing the breath, it is happening involuntarily. And if you allow your breath to just breathe itself, then you realize that there is no one who's controlling it. And when you realize that there's no one who's controlling it, there's more and more you know, inspirations and realizations that come to you because then you start being able to witness life for what it is. You know, there is a part that we have will and, you know, we have control over maybe what we're going to eat today, this morning or this evening, whatever. But then there are things that we can't control, like weather or like what is going to happen with um, with uh, the world, whether it is going to heat up or cool down, whether it is going to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love your answer because <laughs> I'm just like tuning in with with how I was thinking when you, when I asked you this question Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm listening now and I'm like, but still, what does that mean? Like, (laughs) how does that look? Like, what do you really do? And so like, I already loved how you touched on, on um, there is no sex in the group room um, because also this is one of the questions that we got when we were scouting for a new venue and we were talking, we're doing a taunt retreat for Mm -hmm. couples and she was kind of like, oh, not like orgies or something or I don't know what Mm -hmm. she said. Um,
0: yeah, not like exchange partners. Not like, like yeah. Um,
1: she said it in swingers, open love. Open love no. yes. So it's like it's like an open love retreat or something. <laughs> it's like, what? what is an open love retreat? <laughs> um, so just to give a few practical things, because I think there's also a lot of power in the mystery in not exactly knowing what to expect. Like, actually, for this specific training, we're asked not to share the specific practices, the love appointments, the the things that we do, for a specific reason, because it might sound weird to your mind—not to say that we're doing super weird things—but looking at purely the mind, it's like most likely won't understand the thing because it's it's just based on what it already knows, and it's based on words and logics. And what we're working with, what you were also sharing, is that we're bringing awareness, um, and basically that like. Not listening to the mind, but just witnessing, just observing more into life and daily experiences and into the practices. So that's one of the reasons why we're not being asked to actually share the specific practices, because if you're feeling called towards the training, if you're feeling the excitement, if you're feeling something is there to learn, that's basically the only thing you need to know and need to trust. And then the surrender and the let go and fully dropping into the space of being the student um, is where you're going to get most out of the training because then you're like a blank canvas that doesn't really know and it's just going to follow along and the practices will have, yeah, actually a bigger impact. Um, but to, yeah, to, to clear some of the, the misconceptions out, there is a no sex in the group room. There is no sexual practices with other people or um, even being, shown really um and uh, this is something we can speak to for the soulmate training in tantra and specifically it might be i don't know in under tantra retreats that there might be different things happening but this specific retreat the sexual practices that you do the love appointments we call them you do uh, in the privacy of your own bedroom with your partner um and yeah, some of the, the practices that we do, and was already mentioning, it's like a f- some sh- form of breath work, some sort of dance and movement. I think a lot of the things and something I really personally love about Tantra is, is the experimental way of learning. It's like a lot of the things, it's not just hours of talking and conceptualizing and hearing a guru talk about a certain topic, but really it's like, just try it out for yourself. Let's have the experience with your body by movement, by dance, by breathing, by witnessing. Um, yeah, anything you'd like to add on that?
0: No, I mean, um, yeah, uh, it's it's a. I believe it, it. The witnessing consciousness that we discover in uh, whether it's love appointments or meditations can be discovered in in many different. Um, spiritual traditions and spiritual paths, and Vipassana, for example, it's a good way to also start and meditate and and approach. You can approach Tantra from that. You can approach Tantra from zero knowledge of anything. Um, you can approach uh, Tantra from being religious uh, in any kind of religion, and you can approach it uh, from a. Purely therapeutic perspective, like to heal uh, some aspects of yourself. Um, you can purely approach it from a meditative perspective, and so on. So it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, experience that I, um, yeah, I would totally advise. And I think that there's always something that we can learn from it, but because tantra is not a. It's not a like a, a thing that you can describe. If you if would ask many different teachers, they would describe tantra in different ways, and different people would describe it in different ways. Because there's no ideology, there's no belief system, there's no um, you know some kind of a tools or things that you must do or know to really be tantric or not. It's in some sense, that everyone can learn from it, um, because you only need to discover what is that you are attracted to. So there could be a different teacher, not this teacher, or maybe another one, maybe a different method. Uh, there are many kinds of methods to learn from it. But basically, what tantra is in it in itself is just bringing us closer to who we are. So, in in a in the description that we use often is a. Uh, Tantra is a spiritual path to enlightenment, and its essence, in its essence, also it is to bring us closer to ourselves, to self-realization. So that self-realization is also talked about in many different spiritual traditions. So this is just a tool um, to get there. One of the tools that, to get there. They say that it is the fastest way. Uh, this is the most, um, you know, um, difficult way for some because it is um because it is actually showing us who we are not and often people are who they are not and so when somebody shows the truth we might not want to see it and but for the for some it is very easy because they they want to be themselves or they are themselves so then it is all of these meditations um are are actually diving deep and and helping them to to discover all that they want. So, I'm trying to say, everyone is going to find something beneficial from tantric methods. And yet, sometimes it takes time to learn and to see. Maybe this method, they meet this teacher, maybe this this approach. And sometimes repeating the same methods um, for you know multiple times, like uh, some meditations we advise to do 21 times or three months, or or you know some meditations Sarita that did for a year and a half every day. Which is like active dynamic meditations that that you do so it is um it is a very important um yeah it is a very important aspect and it is a very important um thing that we can use and approach so that's my little take on how and why tantra uh, is important all right so I believe that was it for today and uh, beautifully said? (laughs) Or is there anything else that you wanted to ask?
1: There's like a million more things I want to share, but (laughs) we're uh, already talking for quite a while. Um, Maybe let's finish off with one, each of us sharing a main learning from the Soulmate training, uh, because that's another question you asked before. Yeah. Um, So I wrote down the, the learning tool, Yeah, surrender and commit to love. I think another thing I really loved from this training is that in a way we learn to consciously fight, again, Mm -hmm. to bring that witnessing awareness to little fights that we have or misunderstandings. And we have such fun and playful tools to to move out of that quickly, to pop out of it. Mm -hmm. um, And to just come back to love really fast and back to connection. I think that sense of connection everyone can relate to. Sometimes you feel connected to someone and close to someone and sometimes you feel like disconnected. And um, yeah, the tools really help you to stay connected, which is, doesn't mean you have to be physically super close, but have the energy just be like, I, I'm connected to this person. Um, and uh, yeah, the the tools we've used so much in, in daily life in, in and we- on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. just like let's do this practice, which can be like a 15 minute, some sort of movement exercise um or some sort of breathing exercise which then just softens us up and brings us back to connection and mm-hmm. and that's it. I think that's yeah, it really helped help to feel relaxed in a relationship and, and having this confidence on knowing what to do um when when yeah, you don't understand or have some things coming up. What about you?
0: Well I have I would say the f- biggest learning for me is, is realization, um, that everything comes from me, um, that all of the emotions, as I mentioned before, are coming from me, that whatever I feel, um, is actually my own making. So that means that when am I, when I am asking for, um, you know, when I, when I'm needing, sorry, when I'm needing more, uh, intimacy, I can actually make more intimacy, when I'm needing more, um, you know, soothing, I can make more soothing, actually. I can receive, and I can allow myself to receive, um, just for myself. Um, And many of the problems then sort themselves out the same way that, you know, sometimes um, in the past, maybe I have expected my partners to take care of my sexual needs. And I'm not saying that now, I mean, I just go and take care of my sexual needs just because, you know, like now I've learned I can, you know, <laughs> masturbate myself. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it might be actually a learning for some, but it's not just that, but also that I make myself feel, uh, for example, I make myself feel turned on. So whenever I'm turned on, it's me who's making that. It's not my partner. It's not anyone around me. There's a very, very clear um clear you know reason why because these hormones this this uh feeling is coming from me i am making that feeling so the same way if i'm angry at my partner i am making that anger if i'm sad because of my partner i say so that is because of my partner in air quotes or like angry because of my partner but actually it's me who is angry and it's it's actually easier now to look into myself and understand oh, I am blaming my partner maybe for these reasons that I'm turned on, that I'm angry, that I'm sad, whatever else, you know. But even like joyous, I could say, well, I'm joyous because of you, but actually it's me who decides to do so, to be so. I could always decide the other way. I could always not feel uh, or make myself feel Uh, angry if my partner does something. Um, And if I don't have that choice inside of myself, if I don't, if like something happens and I'm angry at my partner, something happens and I'm sad, that means that there's something that I need to look within myself because it's not the partner uh, who's making me feel anything. It's actually me who's making myself feel. So... Anything around me can happen i don't need to be reactive to it. Um, the only um uh, reaction that I do is to myself mm. and and that that is you know we could dive deeper and deeper and deeper in into this um and it's with many different practices i I'm getting there deeper and deeper and more and more to really see that this is the the nature of, of our life, actually. That we are living in this world and having this experience that is almost like a movie. But we are also making that movie. Um, the emotional movie that with all of these emotional processings and whatnot. And Tantra taught me to not associate myself with my own movie. Not to be attached to it. Not to think that this is the only way. Not to... Um, you know, be in dread if I am experiencing a terrible movie. Actually be joyous if I'm experiencing a a terrible movie because it's a movie. It's a beautiful experience. And when you go to, like, I don't know, these days movies are, especially from Hollywood, they're quite terrible. But back in the day, I remember I would watch some kind of like a deep, meaningful movie. And even if it is sad in its essence... It's maybe about war or death one way or another. Often they would be teaching some kind of morale of the story. So I would be maybe sad in the moment, but also learning things. And I would be happy that I've learned. And I would be super excited that I had the opportunity, the chance to learn uh, something from from the movie. So I would come out of the movie and be like, wow. Like kind of thoughtful and and and, and be like, wow, this is this is nice, this is deep, and that's how our life is. Uh, our life is basically trying to teach us some kind of morale. Some our our story whatever is happening to us is is teaching some kind of morale, and now we are just, um, you know, there to witness it. We are both also in the movie, like an actor, but. Um, like an actor, like a good actor, you you deeply understand it it 's also a movie. Um, you eventually will be feeling um, good that you have experienced it, and then that depth, that morale of the story can actually land inside of you and you can learn so i 've learned that 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 's my biggest learning, I think from soulmate Level one.:
1: Thank you for sharing. <laughs>
0: all right love so that was beautiful um, thank you a lot for joining me joining us in this.
1: and yeah if you're curious about the soulmate training um, have any questions about tantra um, specifically for couples always feel free to reach out with any questions and a little secret we might also yeah start offering this training more widespread in Europe soon so let's see
0: Alright, enjoy, have a beautiful day, beautiful night, beautiful evening, and we wish you the best life ever. Thank you.